Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is Wednesday, November 30th. This is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. The penultimate college football playoff rankings were released Tuesday night. The final ones get released Sunday, this Sunday, December 4th. And joining me now to react to the rankings release is Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports College Football Writer. So Brandon, let's react to these rankings, right? The top four, a new member into those final four. The order goes Georgia number one, Michigan number two, TCU number three, and USC in Lincoln Riley's first year number four. So first and foremost, just give me your initial reaction to that order of Georgia all the way down to USC. Yeah, I don't think there's any drama there, anything to really complain about. In fact, uh, I think the only thing that maybe you could argue is, hey, perhaps Michigan should jump Georgia for the number one spot. But I don't even think you'd hear the most diehard Michigan fans complaining right now about that. You know, Georgia has kind of earned its way and where it's where it's been. And, you know, Michigan, while impressive at Ohio State, Georgia's got the quote unquote better resume as far as top 25 opponents and everything. So. Yeah, this the, these rankings weren't very surprising. Actually, some of the surprising things were further down the list, which don't necessarily affect the playoff, of course, but might affect some other bowl games. But listen, the top four, not a lot of drama, and, and actually maybe doesn't provide us a stage to have a lot of shakeups or drama in the conference championship weekend. Yeah, in the past as well, on those final releases on Sunday, uh, we've been kind of holding our breath to see what the final four is going to be. I mean, like you said, we've had drama uh, in championship weekend on the Saturday before, but if these four teams, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC all take care of business on Saturday, then we know what the final four is already. Uh, But there are two teams behind them, Ohio State at number five and Alabama at number six. And I want to start with the Buckeyes, obviously a tough home loss this past Saturday against Michigan, but it's not all doom and gloom. For the Buckeyes, they still have an opportunity. They need help, but they still have an opportunity to get into the college football playoff if things break right. But what are those things that need to go their way in order for the Buckeyes to make that jump? You know, in my mind, based off what the committee has been saying and what they did with these rankings, the only way Ohio State gets in is if USC loses to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Remember, USC lost earlier this season on the road against Utah uh, in Salt Lake City. So, of course, that could very well happen, but I don't even know, I don't think even if TCU were to lose their Big 12 championship game as an undefeated team would drop below number four in the rankings because no one underneath them at this point other than USC is playing this weekend that could threaten to get into the playoff. And you do not punish, or for that matter, you don't lift teams up in the rankings over other teams that are not playing, especially when they're not playing in a conference championship, playing for a conference title, and meanwhile, you're sitting at home resting. And for that very matter, that puts into the conversation of Alabama not deserving of a spot either. And in fact, the College Football Playoff Committee chairman said, you know, 
Ohio State has a better resume than Alabama right now. They have better wins. Alabama's signature wins are on the road at Texas, which is number 20 in the rankings this week, and against Mississippi State, which is 24th in the rankings. Ohio State owns a victory against number eight Penn State. So that is going to trump, I would believe, anything. But also, they've already shown you what the rankings would look like next week because Ohio State and Alabama both don't play. Ohio State will remain above Alabama. They will not leapfrog Ohio State. So if you're Alabama, you got to like kind of hope for some crazy situations where USC and TCU get blown out in their championship games. But even so, I'm not so sure that would even be enough to get a two-loss Alabama in there because TCU's got the better resume and USC's got a better resume. And both of those teams advance to their conference championship games, which the playoff committee is supposed to weigh heavily in their favor against teams that did not make their conference championships. So in my eyes, this this might be, I mean, listen, these conference championship games do matter, but this might actually be the most, the least dramatic weekend for conference championships we've seen as far as what they could do and impact the playoff field. You know, you said two very interesting things right there. One being that for most of the season, once TCU got to a point where people started saying they're legitimate college football playoff contenders, the narrative behind them was they have to win out. If they get one loss, they're going to be out regardless of what happens elsewhere. But you're, on the other hand, saying that, no, you think TCU, regardless of what happens in this Big 12 championship game, except if they were to get blown out, if Kansas State just blows the doors off them, obviously that changes things. But let's say TCU loses by three points, seven points, you know, one score, or maybe even 10 points. You're saying that TCU even with a loss in the Big 12 championship game, again, the narrative behind them has been if they lose, they're out. You think even with a loss, they're still in. Yeah, undefeated, and they have played close games, gutted them out, and you look down the rankings, the only team that could leapfrog them would be Ohio State. But again, Ohio State did not reach their conference championship game. TCU has a strong resume. And at this point, Ohio State would need to wish for USC to lose to be able to get in there because that would give USC its second loss. They would have two losses against the same team. And then when you look at TCU, remember, they're playing Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. Kansas State enters this week as the number 10 team in these playoff rankings. And if Kansas State were to blow out TCU, Kansas State would not jump, of course, TCU, even though they won in the rankings, but they would have split that. And TCU, their resume, quote unquote, not necessarily would get better, but their loss would be against a top 10 team in the rankings. Whereas when you look at, you know, with an Alabama, for an example, their two losses are against teams where they're not in that situation. But if you look at Ohio State, maybe at this point you could, in some weird circumstances, maybe the committee would drop TCU two spots and completely out of the playoff. And if they did that, Ohio State would slip in. But even that seems far-fetched because they have been providing a lot of value into TCU and what they've done these last three weeks, the last three weeks of rankings, their top 25 victories. And also, again, there is value in advancing to your conference championship. And also, they're playing a top 10 team for the second time this season in Kansas State. So a lot of value in TCU's resume. 
Look, I'm sure TCU fans are are happy to hear what you're saying. I'm sure TCU fans are also holding their collective breath because we know they've been screwed out of a playoff before. And now with Alabama, you also said before that while it's not all doom and gloom for Ohio State, there's still an opportunity for them, depending on obviously what happens with USC. But Alabama, you're saying it's a lot tougher. Zero to 100, Brandon, we're leaning, I'm sure, a lot closer to zero than to even 50 for Alabama's chances to get in. Yeah, like maybe three out of 100. You know, I, yeah. I, I just don't see a path for them. But I do think that the more interesting conversation was the one we just had, Ohio State against TCU. If TCU has that one loss and it's by double digits, how does that affect things? But remember, you cannot erase the memory we just had of less than a week ago of Ohio State losing by three touchdowns and being physically dominated at home by Michigan. And yes, Michigan, number two in the rankings, and maybe should be number one, but you were physically dominated and you were in dire need of a really strong victory. What helps Ohio State in that conversation, though, against TCU is some of those early season wins are looking better. And the one in particular is Notre Dame, which started 0-2, dropped completely out of the rankings, and now they're number 21. They dropped six spots in the rankings this week from 15 because of their loss to USC, but they're still in the top 25. The committee would, I think, I don't think they're going to want to cause any controversy. I think at some point, point they got to be pretty clear with things. And I think they're setting this up going into next week to have a pretty clear cut top four. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And again, from what we're talking about, from what we're discussing, it seems like the only change that may happen, even if TCU were to lose, would be potentially Ohio State. If USC then were to lose also, would be Ohio State jumping USC, but TCU still remaining maybe at number four and maybe Ohio State going up to number three. But Brandon, you mentioned something at the beginning and you said that while the top four for the first time in a long time seems a little bit more clear cut than it has in the past, there are some choices that the committees made lower down in the rankings that could have a pretty big effect on the bowls. And one of them we discussed was the Rose Bowl and the 
Pac-12 team that would be playing in the Rose Bowl. Utah is set to play USC in the Pac-12 title game this weekend. Right now, they're at 11. Right now, Washington's at 12. And Utah is is in a really tough position because if USC wins out, or if USC wins and and beats Utah, I don't know if I said win out, if they win and beat Utah, that means Utah would then fall to four losses. Washington's right behind them. It would make sense for Washington to jump them, no? And even if Washington didn't make the Pac-12 title game, they'd get that spot in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that certainly looks that way. And there's some people that would be complaining right now of why is Utah ahead of Washington, which Utah has three losses. Washington only has two. Utah is coming off a victory against a terrible, absolutely horrific Colorado team. And Washington's coming off a road win in a rivalry game in the Apple Cup against Washington State in a, in a game that they look pretty impressive offensively once again. So why did Washington only jump one spot for playing and winning on the road against a tougher opponent and Utah jumped three spots for beating maybe the worst power five team in the country of Colorado. That really doesn't make much sense. But again, the committee can sit back and go, well, the rankings don't matter till next week. And next week it'll be, they're vindicated because Utah is going to move up if they beat USC and they get the Rose Bowl anyway, or Utah loses to USC for a second time. And Utah is a four loss team tumbles down the rankings and Utah's ahead of them anyway, or excuse me, Washington's ahead of them anyway, and Washington gets that Rose Bowl bid. But it's setting up right now. Washington fans should be very happy unless Utah upsets uh, USC and gets the automatic bid of the Rose Bowl. If USC goes chalk, it's uh, the Huskies down in Pasadena. And I'll tell you what, the Husky fans, they travel very well. That'll be a heck of a scene in Pasadena. And Brandon, a couple more before we let you go. Another um, discussion or potential disagreement or, or potential controversy that we wanted to discuss, it goes back to Alabama. I said before, they sit at number six. Well, right behind them is Tennessee. They sit at number seven. And if I remember correctly, Tennessee beat Alabama. So it's kind of surprising. And granted, this is a different Tennessee team now than it was then, obviously, with the Hendon Hooker injury. And Tennessee obviously also recently lost to South Carolina and lost to South Carolina badly. But head to head, Tennessee beat Alabama. So why do you think Alabama's ahead of them? I think it is the injury situation with Hendon Hooker being out. The committee has it buried in their head that they're a completely different team there. And I don't think that's very difficult to argue against. I think the only people really going up against this is Tennessee fans or people who really follow Tennessee closely. I think if Tennessee and Alabama were to face off again, I think it'd be a coin flip game on a neutral site. But there is some recency bias there. We all saw Tennessee just get the doors blown off them on the road against South Carolina, and Hinnon Hooker did play in that game until he was injured, of course, later. So at this point, we're just kind of splitting hairs, I think. But, you know, Tennessee, I think, has got the better resume. It's just that that injury to Hinnon Hooker, your Heisman Trophy hopeful, is what kills that momentum. I do think, though, like, I think this would be flipped completely if it was. Alabama that had Bryce Young out. I think Alabama would actually probably even be below uh, Clemson and maybe even three loss Kansas State in these rankings. I think I think that would be enough to bump Alabama three spots, maybe to the number nine in these rankings. I think that's how the playoff committee would handle Alabama if they lost Bryce Young. But Tennessee losing Hendon Hooker, that, that I think that greatly affected the way this committee views them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, without your star quarterback, obviously the team changes. And again, although Alabama uh, did lose to Tennessee, uh, like you said, recency bias plays as well. And we all did see Tennessee, as you put it, get their doors blown off uh, at South Carolina in a game that while Hooker got hurt, uh, played for most of it. Uh, So it's not the excuse that he didn't play. He did play. He played for most of it. He got hurt closer towards the end. The last one I want to discuss, Brandon, before we let you go, let's give the group of five schools some love. Tulane and UCF, they're fighting for that group of five spot in the new year six outside of the playoff rankings because we know whoever wins the AAC championship game between the two of them is going to get that spot although Tulane's 18 UCF's 22 one of them will jump one of them will drop obviously depending on the result do you have a a a little preview for that one do you do you like either team to kind of nab that group of five new year six spot that's going to be a great game. It's a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. UCF went into Tulane and actually it was just beating up on them in a surprising matchup. And UCF had to kind of hold on there late as Tulane kept charging back. But I think Tulane's got the advantage in this one, in this rematch in New Orleans. It's going to be a championship atmosphere, championship game there on a home site, which is you know quite unique in college football and actually gives you a little bit of a hint of what we're going to see when the playoff expands. And you know this has been going on for several years, but this is a big spot. New Year's Six Bowl on the line. The winner goes to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, this is humongous, but I, I have to give the, the edge here to Tulane. I think also they're going to have the emotion uh, built back into them because they get a second shot to avenge that loss. And Head coach Willie Fritz, who was in the running for the Georgia Tech job, did not get the job as Georgia Tech promoted interim coach Brent Key to the full-time permanent position on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. And so now Willie Fritz staying there in New Orleans, players know he's staying. That's going to give them a little bit of a bump uh, with the emotion going into this and at home. I really like Tulane in this in this rematch against UCF with the winner going to the Cotton Bowl. Really, really exciting stuff for the group of five, even though, you know, it's interesting. The group of five, several teams were ranked up there in the first half of this season. Uh, more group of five teams than we we're accustomed to seeing. Cincinnati, Tulane, uh, UCF, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, and even App State at one point. I mean, goodness gracious, App State finishing with six wins. And yet, remember, they were on the road and beat a top five at the time, Texas A&M team. It's just been a very crazy year. And the group of five, a little bit weaker this year, despite them pulling off some really big wins, or at least we had thought at the time, big wins earlier in the season. Yeah. And you brought up a good point when you said before that, that Willie Fritz not getting the Georgia Tech job. We've seen in the past, we saw as recently as this past weekend, uh, when Liberty lost uh, in, in blowout fashion, uh, and then Hugh Freeze took the Auburn job uh, a couple days later. You can't tell me that Hugh Freeze leaving wasn't on the mind of those Liberty players as to why they just didn't show up for their game. I think they played New Mexico State, if I remember that correctly. And so Willie Fritz not getting the Georgia Tech job, you got to think that that's a big sigh of relief in the minds of the Tulane players and could provide them that extra confidence heading into this game against Central Florida. Make sure to follow Brandon on Twitter at BMarcello and make sure to stay locked in to 24-7 Sports as we bring you all the latest on this final college football playoff rankings or this second to last, I should say, college football playoff rankings before the final one is released on Sunday. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Can't wait till championship weekend. So remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, go and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. So for Brandon Marcello, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily.